Olsen fakes it for Pat and yes, touchdown to Greg Olsen. Wilson just got it away. There's Keith Lee. Touchdown, Carolina. Hello, welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is Brian, joined by Brad and John for your week three edition. And as we break down the Buccaneers, talk a little bit about what happened around the NFL and break down the Chargers game. So, John, how are you doing right now? This doing, I'm doing fine, Brian. How are you? Great. I'm just wonderful. Brad, how are you? I'm good. I'm glad you asked. Yeah. Sorry good for time, making man. you wait eight minutes before it's we join the call. Eight I, minutes. I don't know how you did it. We, yeah, I, you're a trooper, Brian. Yeah, I just I learned how to meditate, man. It's it's great. A lot of screaming. It's good. That's how you it's meditate. Good stuff. Yeah, it's real, real, really uh, calms the nerves, gets some stress out. You know, just sit here and shout out my window for several minutes. <clears throat> Cops showed up. It wasn't real, it wasn't very pretty, but <clears throat> so, anyway. Yeah. So the Panthers played a football game on Sunday. If you didn't check out, if you didn't hear about it last week and you didn't check it out this past, this earlier this week, Brad and I have started the B&B reaction show where we kind of split off. That way we're not going through two whole games in one show. Um, so if you want to hear Brad and I's more in-depth thoughts on the subject, you can check out that episode. But John, but John hasn't got to share his thoughts. So, John, are you ready to apologize about Leonard Fournette? Or- <laughs> no, <laughs> because he's still not a good player. Oh my God! <laughs> I told Good you, Brian. Brian. He he doesn't listen to us. We tried to tell him last week that Leonard Fournette is a Hall of Fame player. <laughs> both of you, both of you were very heavily uh, arguing that <laughs> Leonard Fournette is a good player. But no, I mean, bad players have good games. It's not the first time Leonard Fournette's ever had a good game. It just, I mean, he, he didn't really do anything until I think he had two carries at the end, at the very end of the game. He had the t- the long touchdown, still- obviously. Yeah, but if bad, player, if bad players have good games, doesn't that make them turn into good players? If they consistently have good, <laughs> if they consistently have good games, yes. If they but have, he was the most productive Jaguars player last year, and he was even without that, that chunk run, he still nothing. had the highest average per carry on the Buccaneers on Sunday. I remember because I was looking at the box score because as the game was going on and it became clear that they were going to lean on him down the stretch, I was like, man, such a bad player. um, Well, well, their their options, Ronald Jones, who's not exactly uh, lighting the world on fire either. But um, I was like, I'm going to really hate this if Leonard Fournette breaks off a big run because I'm going to have to hear about this on Tuesday. (laughs) And then he broke off like, well, and because I remember, because I specifically remember he had like, nine or 10 carries for like 30 yards. And I was like, so far so good. And then he broke off a run for like 15 or 20. I'm like, well, there goes that. And then the last carry, he ran for 46 yards and touchdown. I'm like, well, well, there's the, that's what I was waiting for. And that's it's where okay we are. It's okay to be wrong sometimes, John. You know, I mean, you're, I'll you're take, wrong all the time. So uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I'll take, I'll, I will uh, proudly um, stand true to my face of this one game well fine what what other thoughts do you have about the about the game uh tom brady doesn't look good i agree like i I thought there that and that's not just like 
we joked about like, oh, he's going to lie to the Panthers and everybody's going to say he's washed and stuff. And we've talked, we kind of talked about this last week where he kind of is, but it got masked by how good their defense was last year. And the excuse was other oh, offensive line bads, their skill positions bad. Everybody else is bad. But Tom Brady just doesn't look good. He had, especially in the second half, he had like three or four throws where he stepped into the throw and threw it in the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> he also underthrew a flea flicker that should have been a touchdown, but because he underthrew it, it wasn't. Yeah, he badly underthrew it, too. He, he under- badly he, underthrew it. He had to like it, yeah. stop and run back to it. But yeah, there, like I said, in the second half in particular. Looked like a Kyle I mean, Allen throw. <laughs> he did. But in the second <laughs> half in particular, I remember watching him like, wow, these are not good throws. Like he's got time in the pocket and he's got an open receiver and he's stepping into it and it's landing at heat. And it's kind of just throwing it into the dirt. I was like, this is not not they should just kept Jameis. Yeah, I think Brady's at the at this point in his career where he would be better off in an offense that doesn't throw the ball as often as Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Or at least throw the ball downfield as often as Tampa Bay. Like honestly, I mean I hate to say this because I'm a pan- I'm supposed to be a Panthers fan, but he'd probably be better off in a system like Matt Rules. Yeah, because Bridgewater's not pushing it down the field more than once or twice a game. Like, let's be real mm-hmm. here. So, yeah. where? Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, uh, I was gonna say that it was. I did think it was always kind of a weird fit with him and Mike Evans in particular. Chris Godwin kind of matches up with Brady's skill set really well, but Mike Evans is just like his his. His go-to skill is go far down the field and I'll throw it to you and you're going to be bigger than the defensive back. And Tom Brady, he had, I think over the course of the season, I don't know how well those two are going to jibe consistently. Yeah, I agree. I think it's also just a matter of that <clears throat> Arrigan's offense requires your quarterback to have more of a live arm. Like I think mm-hmm. Jameis Winston was actually a good fit for it, even though he threw so many goddamn interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been a good fit if he didn't throw it to the team so much. Yes. Yeah. But other, other than that, yeah, he was, he was like exactly what Bruce Arians wants. Cause he's aggressive and he throws the ball in the field and he's got a good arm and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. The Panthers lost. I mean, we broke it down for the most part, but really it was just the, the mm-hmm. Buccaneers are a more talented team with more pieces that know each other and a better defense and a better offensive line. And the Panthers turned the ball over four times. And the Panthers turned the ball over four times, including on a really stupid punt fake that we already went over. But Well, that was the fifth. Yeah, that would have been a fifth if you count the turnover on downs because Bridgewater had three, Anderson had one, and then there was the... Yeah, Teddy turned the ball over three times. Teddy Teddy three turnovers. Teddy three turnovers. Teddy two um, picks. (laughs) Teddy two picks. I mean, like, because the Panthers out, and part of this is skewed because the Panthers got a, racked up a bunch of garbage time yards. But the Panthers outgained the Bucks and averaged more yards played than the Bucks. Um, and yeah, I think amazingly they were enough, real, Teddy Teddy ended up with what three hundred and sixty-seven yards. That most like passing that, yards passing? for a Panthers quarterback since Cam Newton did it three times in his first four games as a starter before yeah. we decided to not do that anymore. Yeah, I don't know why we would do that, but <laughs> we'll get to him more later. Um, which I'm um, sure everybody's dying to hear us talk about again. But yeah, I would say the last thing we probably want to cover about the Bucks game is Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, that sucks. Even though, even though, as a unbiased observer, and Brad and I did discuss this a little bit towards the end of the last podcast we did, but knowing the Panthers are not going to be good, and most likely not go anywhere, and probably going <clears> to, <throat> it's probably better for them to lose. It still sucks to not be able to watch Christian McCaffrey play, and it still sucks mm-hmm. that he got hurt. Um. It sounds like it's, what, a high ankle sprain, I think they said? Yeah. Yeah, so he'll be out several weeks, I would say, probably at least, what, four? 
They you have think? four to six is, is uh like that's four to six weeks is the given timetable. I'm sure he he said he's going to try to come back sooner. If anybody will be capable of coming back sooner, it's McCaffrey. But I don't really think we should push it. They should put him on injured reserve because you can bring oh, him back after will. three. Yeah, because you can bring him back after three weeks due to 2020 being 2020, and just you know add Reggie Bonifant to the roster and just protect Christian McCaffrey from himself. Little by the way, little inside information. Apparently, Reggie Bonifant's a very nice person to talk to. Nice. Oh, okay. cool. I bet he is. He seems like a nice guy. <laughs> I did not meet him, but oh, I, I know. So that's well, probably I, good. Talk so much first, shit on him. First connection and talked to him today. So nice. Yeah. Well, it's probably good that we, he didn't meet you since we, he, he he may have heard about all the shit we talk about him. Oh, I don't have anything bad to say about him. It just you know. Yeah, it's, I it's think a, it's more we have bad things to say about the community of Panthers fans. That <laughs> I think have that bad he's things so to say about what other people say about him. Yeah, it's yeah. not Reggie Bonifant that's the problem. It's the fact that he's <laughs> overhyped. Yeah. Because he is he is a decent average NFL third string or second string running back. He's not bad at all, but he's not. He's not the next coming of Christian McCaffrey, and no. we shouldn't we shouldn't treat him as such. He's like Christian McCaffrey. If Christian McCaffrey were like a beer, he's like the knockoff version, light beer version of it. And when yes, I say yeah. knockoff, I mean like ten Costco bucks brand. for yeah, like ten bucks for like thirty. <laughs> but yes, I, it'll be bad without Christian McCaffrey, which kind of like you said, in the long run, might not be the worst thing in the world. Um. Just yeah. in terms of we're zero two now, and I I don't like to be the fan that roots for losses and roots for draft picks and stuff. But it does get kind of exciting thinking about if this keeps happening, like we get to have a cool young quarterback to root for, especially watching what Justin Herbert did yesterday and what Joe Burrow's done so far. Yes. So there is that to look forward to. And yep. we're in position to possibly have Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Like we're both of those are realistically in play on the injury. I didn't, it was well, the weird thing about his injury was like, I went like and watched it in slow motion and it doesn't, I don't really even see where he hurt it. Like he didn't get rolled up on unless it was like a real quick tweak. It didn't look like he didn't get any weight put on it or anything like people normally do when they get high ankle sprains. I think well, he maybe, just hit the ground the wrong way. Quote unquote hurt then. Yeah. <laughs> he's injured. And I'm doing the quotation mark yeah, gesture with my injured. hands. <laughs> eh, uh, I think he hit the ground the wrong way. I'm sure as I'm, I, I believe you were the one who's had several leg injuries, John, but he, I, it looked yeah. like he just kind of hit the ground real hard when he was going in the end zone there. And that, I'll, that can easily do that. Yeah. I'll have to watch it again. I know I've like twisted my ankle. Um, not high ankle sprain, but you get like low ankle sprains when if you get hit hard enough, like if it's up in the air by like a ball or something, it'll, the force will kind of jar it. I guess you can do the opposite if you hit the ground really hard. Yeah. So. Is it, so. Oh, you to go around sorry. the NFL? I was going to Yeah, no, let's do that. We have to uh, start with the Falcons falconing as hard as the Falcons have ever falconed. <laughs> yeah. Thank God we're not Falcons fans. Like we might be sitting, we might be staring at a season where the Panthers maybe win two games, but God damn, it feels good to not be a Falcons fan. And it's fully full disclosure. The Falcons are going to probably beat us twice because mm-hmm. they seem to always do that. But I just, I, I feel sorry for Falcons fans, especially the few that, that are friends of the program. Um, Gina and DW in particular, I feel, I feel sorry for them. They have to endure that all of the damn time. So in week one, they came out. So 
they did the Ron, Dan Quinn did the Ron Rivera and won a bunch of meaningless games down the stretch to save his job. And then they come in week one against the Seahawks and do lay an egg. So it's like, oh, well, whatever. Seahawks are good. But Sunday, my my real quick story of how I heard about it was I left my house to go to a softball game and the Falcons were up by nine with the ball and like five minutes left. And at my game, somebody on the team was like, the Cowboys won. I'm like, what? <laughs> it is impossible for the Cowboys to have won that game. But they did. They did. <laughs> the, you, I'm assuming you guys saw the onside kick, right? Yes, I did. I and feel that is my favorite thing that has ever happened in the NFL. <laughs> it's like the whole hands team just forgot what the rules are like you don't have to wait for it to go 10 yards you can just go pick it up you don't have to wait for the the kicking yeah, team, to the have a kicking team is the only team that has to let it go 10 yards a lot of people don't realize that apparently the whole hands team didn't because they're just watching yeah. the ball slowly roll to the line with the cowboys player ready to pounce on it as soon as it hits the line i you guess see- they thought maybe it would go out of bounds and they would get it it would be a penalty but i mean mm-hmm. why would take that chance yeah, or maybe like they're gonna get hit if they try to pick it up and touch it. But I just grab it. You guys ever see those like videos where it's like maybe a dog or a cat, where like the dog or the cat something happens and like the dog or the cat can't really process it, so they just kind of stand there, and then you see like mm-hmm. the .exe is not working or something like that, yeah. or a bunch of question marks <laughs> near their head. That's like exactly what happened to every single one of them on that play. <laughs> you just see a bunch of goddamn question marks over their heads as they're frozen in place. It was amazing. Remember. I don't know if it was Scott Hansen on Red Zone or if it was the broadcaster calling the game. I want to say it was Scott Hansen, but he was commenting on the play as it happened. He was just like, yeah, they're going to be gone. So I kick and that's, oh, that's not a good one. Oh, whoa, wait, they recovered? Because it just slowly rolling to the line. And that's just like, oh, that one's a dud. But nope, it worked. Nope, they recovered it. I do want to say, I think there ha- I think it's Young Kwaku's fault. <laughs> yeah, I think because, so too. Because <laughs> they recovered. Because you know, here the game they had what three onside kicks they recovered last year in one game. Yep. Yeah. And then they recovered one in week one as well. So maybe it's not actually his ability to kick onside kicks. It's just his presence in the stadium that makes onside kicks recoverable. <laughs> He's cursed <laughs> <laughs> for both teams. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in other tangentially related Panthers news, uh, Cam Newton is not dead. Who would have thought? Oh, man, I was having fun with that on Twitter. That I'm one shocked that a professional athlete in his early 30s was able to heal from an injury two years later. I was so, told I was told that his shoulder was broken forever and his foot. He made one body. hell of a throw too to Julian Edelman down mm-hmm. the field. I think it was like 50 yards or something like that. And yeah, it's 55 yards in the air. One of my, my buddy, our friend, friend of the show, Spencer message me he was like holy shit and i was like i told you he's not dead like (laughs) i don't know where all this came from but he's not fucking dead um yeah and i never understood why it was so everybody was just so certain that it's just like yep his arm's just gone forever because he had shoulder surgery but no. I, the, this is my series of tweets from the Cat Scratch Reader handle. Please follow us on Twitter if you're not already. But I finally tuned into the game and I just tweeted, it's always fun watching Cam Newton play football. And the Twitterverse liked that. Then I said, I'm wondering if Mike Shula kidnapped Josh McJanels and just wore a mask as OC all day so nobody noticed. <laughs> After that third and third and two where they ran like the option play or something like that and mm-hmm. the whole defense just converged on Cam. 
And then I said, just letting Cam be Cam. Who would have thought that would work? And that was as the 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 Patriots were really starting to like get back into it. And then on that uh-huh. final drive, I said, witness Cam Newton. And then 30 seconds later was that fourth down play. That stuff. And I was yeah. like, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three, 397 passing yards, nine yards per attempt, and then 47 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. Um, but he didn't I, get the one that mattered the most. Did, did not get the one yard that mattered the most. But um, I mean, I was happy to, to. I was happy for him, and hopefully that. Hopefully the Patriots also kind of see that. They're like, you know, let's let's let him sling it a little bit because I think he's always he's always been held back by this coaching staff here's reluctant. To look. Hence the yeah. three best games of his career being in the first four weeks of his career. It also doesn't help that his best receiver is Julian Edelman, and the next guy, the next bunch of guys, are a bunch of scrubs. It's like, it's like all the uh, problems. Talking about Demir Bird like that. Uh, excuse me, you put some respect on Demir Demir Bird. Well, I was gonna. <laughs> say, it's almost like all the issues that followed Cam, that Cam Newton had in Carolina and why he wasn't successful consistently as far as being a winning quarterback goes, just followed him to, to New England. <laughs> My issues are you referring to Demir Bird specifically? Well, not Demir Bird specifically. In fact, I actually <laughs> no. like Demir Bird, and I think he'll no. be great for the Patriots. No, I know what you mean, though, because it's like, hey, Cam, we got got out of Carolina, so why don't you go join the Patriots where your best wide receiver is a, a former superstar that's getting very old, and you have a pretty shaky offensive line and no running game. Nikhil Her- Harry is like one of the least shifty wide receivers I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that guy He's cannot like break Kelvin Benjamin who life. can play. Yeah. He's a little bit faster, but like, yeah, he cannot break a tackle. Like, if if you got him, like, if you got him sized up in the open field, he's going down. Like, it's just happening. <laughs> and it's funny because he's very large too. Yeah. Let's see what else we got going on around the NFL. Uh, um. Oh. Oh. Former Panthers. Uh, one more time to just really just bash our heads in. Uh, Harrison Butker hit three 50-yard field goals to win the game in a row. Oh God, that made me so mad. <laughs> You saw that, Brian? Yeah, I did see it, and I was he I actually bored too. Like he's just <laughs> out there kicking fifty-eight yard field goals with the game on the line. Like I'm like unloading the dishwasher or something. Like just it's like, come okay, on, guys, I, I want to go home again. Yeah, how many times do I have to do this? I'm, I want to go home, guys. I remember Damn. I messaged I messaged one of my fantasy football group chats and was like, by the way, just so you guys know, Harrison Butker was selected in the draft by Carolina, and none of them realized that. And I yeah. was like, oh, God, I hate my life so much. <laughs> Friendly reminder, we cut that guy. To we keep didn't cut Graham him. Gano. Well, yeah, we did. We cut him. Yeah, we, did. We, cut him. Squad. we cut that guy to keep Graham Gano and pay Graham Gano 10 times more in salary. I thought they just kept him on the week one roster and then just kicked him to the practice squad. Yeah, but you have to cut him to put him on the practice yeah, squad. Yeah, you have to cut him to put him on the practice though. squad. Yeah, not once, yeah, you do. yeah, once once they're on the the fifty three man roster, you have to cut them to put them on the practice squad. Okay, and fair it, enough. Either way, you can get they can get signed off the practice squad, so they're not. Well, that's really what on I was just saying. Anyway. Like, I, I actually, I mean, I actually thought it was even dumber to put him on the practice squad than to just outright cut him because at least. <laughs> Because then you're just like you're just hoping nobody fucking snipes them, which of course the Kansas City Chiefs did. So, mm. yeah, so that was cool. Just a lot of, uh, you know. But we old we Panthers thought Graham Gano was a better kicker, and now we have a uh, a kicker who can't make extra points. <laughs> um, he can hit those fifty eight yarders though. <laughs> but he can bang it from fifty eight. He just can't hit it from thirty three. Yep. At least at least we had the Falcons doing their thing, and then the Saints lost in pretty 
devastating fashion on Monday Night Football. So that was good for the the whole that, uh, that catharsis. Did make me, yeah, that did make me feel better about the Panthers' week one loss to the Raiders because that means the Raiders mm-hmm. are actually a pretty good team. Yeah, they actually do look good. And obviously the Buccaneers are a pretty good team. So, you know, maybe they're not going to look maybe, – maybe we'll have a couple games this year where Carolina will actually look like a good football team. Now, what? This is the one year that we want the team to not be so good, and we want them to lose. So, of course, this will be the year that everybody <laughs> else in the NFC South is also garbage, and we're going to win the fucking division at six and ten, or seven and nine, <laughs> or some shit again, and go to the playoffs and not get a good draft pick. Yeah, that would be hilarious. Actually, well, it, it, I, it, it, honestly, it would be funny to tie it into other to other Charlotte sports. It's like the Hornets finally jumping up in the lottery to get to the third pick in what might be a two person draft. Of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jesus else, Christ. Elsewhere, Justin Herbert. I was surprisingly good. I didn't expect him to be that good so fast. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he was, was the one good. that he was the one that the analytics nerds on face on Twitter and Facebook and wherever were like mm. saying he's not a good quarterback. Like why? Like he seemed to be another one of those classic cases of like a quarterback with like the raw talent to be an NFL quarterback mm-hmm. where he's being way too graded way too well. I mean, to come out and play that way against the defending Super Bowl champions, the reigning defending Super Bowl champions <laughs> is is pretty good. I mean, it's it looks it looks to me like it was a good pick at least. Anyway, <laughs> um, on the other end of the career spectrum, Adrian Peterson is somehow the Lions' best running back, and he's like forty five. Yeah. Ridiculous. Adrian Peterson is not human. <laughs> and Frank Gore is still playing too. Uh, one other little tidbit I thought was funny, and then I have one more question for you guys before we take a break. Uh, tight end, weird tight end scored a lot of touchdowns this week. I don't know if you noticed that. Tyler Johnny had, Smith. Johnny Smith had two. Jordan Reed, who some for some reason is still playing football, also had two, and he plays for the 49ers now. And Tyler Higby had three. Yeah, so good, was... good, good day to be an average tight end. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and then, do you guys think the Bills are actually good? Or do you think they're just getting overhyped because they beat two of the worst teams in the NFL? I think they're overhyped. I think they're good, but I don't think they're as good as people are saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah basically. Like, they're mm-hmm. they're going to have a winning record. Like, they'll probably be like 10-6, and 11-5, but they're not, they're not the best team in their division. Yeah. Uh... It's... They're not. They're not as good as the Patriots. Yeah. I've just seen Go ahead. Like, like Buffalo Buffalo's legit this year and it's like they have a plus 13 point differential with wins over the Jets and the Dolphins like maybe they end up being good but let's pump the brakes until they like if they beat if they play well against the Rams Raiders Titans and Chiefs over the next four weeks then yeah I'll call them good but I don't I think they still have an elite defense um yeah and I also I like even though Josh Allen is still doing Josh Allen things and making <laughs> stupid throws sometimes. Um I I did like his performances over the last couple weeks. Um as a quarterback, like you do see a thir- like a, a clear progression on his end. He's still gonna be he's still gonna be good for a couple of those what the fuck are you doing, Josh Allen plays, but like <laughs> I I think they're pretty good and I do think they're better than the Patriots from top to bottom, aside from their quarterbacks. Just <laughs> Just like in week one where he threw that ball like 15 feet over the head of an, the yeah, only player. He somehow, he somehow the overthrew the only guy in the end zone. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and it wasn't just a, oh he didn't quite get to it he threw it into like the eighth row of the fucking stand <laughs> like i don't know if you saw yard line i don't know if you saw the play after the the play after he did the thing where he ran backwards 10 yards and then threw it off his back foot into triple coverage and the only reason it didn't get intercepted was because there were so many defenders around the ball that they got in each other's way oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i love josh allen he's such so he's, a treat. he's such a roller coaster on a play-by-play basis i could yeah. not root for a josh allen team i just couldn't do it my, my heart wouldn't be able to handle it <laughs> it's like yeah, looney tunes every week <laughs> yeah he's fantastic entertainment from an un, uh, unbiased or a neutral observer but i don't know how bills i mean bills fans have convinced themselves that he's the second coming but i don't know how i would do it well bills fans have also seen some shit so they kind of hmm. they, they're kind of <laughs> used to it yeah but that's all I had from from around the NFL. If you want to take a break, I think that's a good idea. And then we'll talk about the Chargers. Uh, hello, welcome back. Man, I tell you keep- what, I, that show it changed my life. I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> I'm glad you got your. I'm glad you got it together this week. <laughs> <laughs> now watch that's this be the and or podcast ad in there, and it'll still sound stupid. It'll end up being a political ad. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Everywhere else. (laughs) That ad changed my life and my perspective perspective on everything that has to do with our political climate. Um, So, yeah. My my opinion was completely swayed by that commercial. (laughs) My vote is changed. (laughs) That's how they get you. Um, so obviously, yeah, the Panthers play against the Chargers this week, which I would argue is a winnable game. But who the heck knows? Because Justin Herbert just almost beat the Chiefs on Sunday. <laughs> well, the thing is, is um, Anthony Lynn came out and said that Tyrod is still their starter as long as he can play. Like, I don't know why he said that out loud, <laughs> because they should just roll with Justin Herbert because he's clearly good and he needs the reps. But we might not see Justin Herbert. It might be Tyrod Taylor. Who is not a bad quarterback. Who is not a bad quarterback. Yeah. He's, he's not uh, a good quarterback either, but he's not a bad quarterback. He's got a pretty good set of weapons there, finally. I mean, I, I, I can't remember the last time Tyrod Taylor played on a team that actually had, like, decent weapons for him. Um, he's got Mike Williams there. He's got uh, Keenan Allen. Um, they got Hunter Henry at tight end. And got Keenan one. Allen and Hunter Henry are actually healthy yeah. in week three for the first time in what? <laughs> Forever? New record of consecutive record. weeks with both healthy. <laughs> yeah. well, well, Allen's been healthy for a while, but yeah. It's amazing he, what happens Hunter when you get been. it's amazing what happens when you get Phillip Rivers off your team. Suddenly not all your players get hurt all at once. <laughs> yeah, Phillip Talk Rivers is cursed because the Colts cursed, are yeah. bad now. <laughs> I know. Well, like it was funny. We talked about this last week, but how the Chargers and Colts fortunes just flipped when they when uh, Philip Rivers switched teams. Yes. Um, real quick, have you heard any of Anthony Lynn's comments on the quarterback thing? No, the only thing I saw was where he said that Tyrod was their starter as long as he was able to play. Yeah, which I guess is fine, but the quotes like so this quote that i just read is kind of weird um just because i, I don't know so, so he could have made some 
uh, he played well under the circumstances. He could have made some different decisions here and there, but I thought he stepped up when we needed him to and gave us a chance. If Sarad's not available, I think we can win with him. But there's a lot you don't know. There's a lot that we didn't get done with Justin on the field. He's a backup for a reason. He's a rookie, and there's a lot he needs to learn about this game. Which Why sounds you very... It just it comes across as very, like, this this guy hasn't done his time yet. He doesn't deserve to be on the field. Not like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's, if, if there, because it's very hard to argue that Justin Herbert didn't play well. I think, obviously, he wasn't perfect, but he averaged over nine yards in attempt and threw for 300 yards, and he ran, and he scored a touchdown on the ground, too. Like Against the Chiefs, the defending the Chiefs, who, Super Bowl champions. Like it and they have a good defense, too. Jets. Yeah. And so I think that I think that the easy thing to say is just like just say you're gonna evaluate or to say Tarot's our starter. You know, comments about Justin basically kind of like nagging him, like yeah, he was fine, but not good enough yet. Was kind of weird, especially considering how much he outplayed Tarot Taylor's first start of the season. I I would have understood those comments if it was like last year and it was Kyle Allen they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Not the quarterback you just drafted in the top of the first round. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> like that's your future. Why are you? <laughs> why are you shitting on it? Like, and what? I could see, I could see some validity to those comments because they're obviously any time you have a rookie signal caller back there on their first start, there's gonna be things they miss and there's gonna be shit they don't do right that you mm-hmm. don't necessarily see as an as an observer. Yeah, yeah, like um, calling but, plays and stuff like that. Yeah. But for fuck's sake, man! Like your 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 charger, your poor Chargers fans have dealt with enough over the last few years. Why don't you just like throw them a bone and be like, "Yeah, the guy we drafted is pretty damn good." Yeah, just say like, "I'm not sure if he's ready to handle the job full time yet, so we'll evaluate it going forward." But for now, we're going to operate as though Tarad is still our starter. You know, yeah, kind of play he both sides said of that. that without shitting on Justin Herbert. <laughs> Basically, be like, "Yeah, he was okay, but." not good enough and there's yeah, still like, a lot I've he's got to get yeah. <laughs> it, it came across as like i said either this kind of reluctance to give credit to a young player or you know allow a young player to move up in the depth chart and then also kind of this stubbornness like i said to rod taylor is our starter and that means to rod taylor is our starter trust me i made the right decision it's yeah just, i hate i hate when nfl coaches get like that yeah, it's it almost be. like Ron Rivera. If Ron Rivera wasn't so good at like you know not really speaking out about stuff like that in his mind, mm-hmm. like like because I know it, at some point in Ron Rivera's career he was thinking that when he was in a press conference about somebody, mm-hmm. maybe Christian yeah. McCaffrey or something like that. Yeah, like um, when Christian McCaffrey was much better. Than John Epps and he's just like, no, trust me, guys, I know what I'm doing. John Stewart yeah. is the starter. Yeah. It, yeah, it's it's as if like Ron Rivera went off like unhinged about that rather than like do, keeping that close to the vest and just saying what was media friendly like he usually did. Yeah, so those are weird comments, and I'm sure I'm I'm not gonna do it like while we're on the show here, but I'm sure Chargers fans are probably not huge huge on that comment, and I don't know if Chargers fans really like Lynn as a coach at this point. So, but because especially because they're all the blown leads and stuff they've had in the last couple of years. Yeah, they need to get themselves. Uh, a Matt rule, maybe. Maybe that'll work for him. I don't know. Um, so the Chargers also lost. Um, they they lost a cup. They lost a uh, what's his face safety. Damn it! What is his name? I can't think of it right now. Uh, you got this. I'm gonna. I have believe to look in it up. you, Brian. 
going to have to look it up. Hold on. Charger safety injury. Do, 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 Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a playoff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did he <laughs> <get Pat> McAfee? <laughs> He's I been out all season. I just saw it this week because he mentioned that they were talking about a bunch of injuries and he was listed on there. Fuck. Well, oh, yeah, he hasn't been. He hasn't played all season. Yeah. Okay. Well then. But How's regardless, that? I think yeah. the Chargers have a pretty good defense, so that could be a problem on it, Sunday. Yes, they do seem to. I mean, I I fear for how our tackles are going to perform. Against uh, Ingram and Bosa. Yep. They also got Linval Joseph, who is one of the more underrated defensive tackles since mm-hmm. he came into the league. Um, uh, speaking of Bosa, which Bosa is the one that's out for the year? Is it the one Nick for San Francisco? Nick, Nick. One of the litany of 49ers players that got hurt. And, okay. compl- and then the 49ers are saying it was the turf's fault. Okay. I was just making sure it wasn't the one for the Chargers because mm-hmm. I know there's two Bosas. No, Joey's actually not hurt for once. Okay. So yeah, carry on. <laughs> but yeah, they also have on the on the sides for the corners. They have Chris Harris, who has always been one of the best corners in the league. I know he's getting up there in age now, but alongside Casey Hayward Jr. So those are <laughs> and Desmond King. Yeah, and Desmond King. So they that secondary is pretty good. So I don't know if we're going <laughs> to see the same the same passing production this week against them as we saw in the last two weeks, but I mean, who knows the Panthers passing offense is one of the few things that's actually been cool to watch is that they do, they do some different things and they don't just, you know, pound the, they don't just run the same stupid routes all the time. <laughs> like the 12 yeah. yard out route 15 times a game. No, so the, well, they held Patrick Mahomes to, he, he's, he, he topped 300 yards, but it took him 47 attempts. He averaged only 6.4 yards per pass attempt, which for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs is insanely low. Yeah. Um, I do, and a lot of that kind of came at the end when teams, when like the Chargers started kind of playing this safe defense to let the Chiefs move the ball, but hopefully not too fast. And it didn't work because it never does. Um, but prior to that, Mahomes was not comfortable at all. And if, if Patrick Mahomes is struggling with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and all that, I don't know how well Teddy Bridgewater is going to do without Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. I can give you a pretty good estimation. Not, Not as well. good as Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> it's it's probably a safe bet that Teddy Bridgewater will not <laughs> <laughs> will not play up to the standard set by Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. To say- to take the Chiefs to overtime when we with uh you know your rookie quarterback making his debut on like thirty minutes notice and all that stuff, I think I don't know how many points the Panthers are not going to score a lot of points. It's going to be a boring game. Yeah, and we we haven't even talked about the fact that it's in Los Angeles. Like we mm-hmm. we have to go to the West Coast, so yeah, that's going to affect things too. And we can't even make, well, I guess we will anyway, but like the whole Chargers home field advantage thing is on the level playing field this year. Yeah. Yeah. For nobody's, allowed in, nobody's allowed in the stadiums anyway, so they can't do the whole, uh, we can't have the uh, Chargers playing a road game in their home stadium thing. Yeah. They, they, uh, they're actually well prepared for the no fans thing. <laughs> <laughs> they're more well equipped to handle it than any other team in the league. Yep. Um, so, 
<clears throat> Sorry. So, I don't know. So it's kind of hard to, to to preview this game because I feel like it goes very differently depending on if Justin Herbert or Tyrod Taylor starts. And I, I mean, Anthony Lynn seems to have made it very clear that Tyrod Taylor is starting, but that could always change. I feel like, and it's weird because I feel like if Tyrod Taylor starts, it, it, like that helps the Panthers. I think so too. I, I think we should root for Tyrod Taylor starting. The only thing it doesn't help with is contain on the defense because Tyrod Taylor is a lot more mobile than Justin Herbert. And yeah, Herbert can as we, speak, though. Herbert uh, can move, and we also know more what to expect if Taylor starts. That's that's the thing. What were you like, going to say, Brian? Before Her- you... Herbert could do – it could go, like, two completely different directions, and we don't know. Yeah, what was your your comment going to be, Brian? <clears throat> I was just going to say, yeah, I know they're both athletic, but um, Tyrod Taylor um, obviously has a better grasp of how the NFL works as far as being yeah. a, a scrambler and whatnot. And he's still super, he's still pretty freaking fast for a quarterback. So it's like, um, for me, what worries me is just the fact that I don't know if I can trust this Panthers defense really with either of them as far as containing the quarterback because they didn't have to do that really a whole lot with Derek Carr. And obviously, Tom Brady's basically a statue in the pocket at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. Where like Brian Burns, I could maybe trust him to do it, but like anybody else, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I just don't, I don't know if I see it. Like with Weatherly or I guess Yeter Gross Matos might not play again. Um, so that, it could it could be ugly. Could be could be ugly on the Panthers defense. <laughs> I like, think it's Brad's, gonna be. Yeah, to Brad's point with the the Taylor versus Herbert thing is that with Taylor, I think he's got a kind of a narrow range of performance that he generally has. Like he doesn't where generally he doesn't make a bunch of mistakes. Can you repeat and, that real quick? What you were just saying? No, you cut out a little bit. Okay. No, it, 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 he's very. There's a lot of parallels between him and Teddy Bridgewater, where he won't. He generally won't make a bunch of catastrophic mistakes or bad decisions, um, but he also won't just like light up the scoreboard. Where Justin Herbert might make some of those bad decisions, but he also has. We just saw him against the Chiefs, slinging around for a lot of yardage, and with where this Panthers defense is right now the player that is capable of, you know, taking the shots is probably going to outperform the player that plays safe and takes what's given to him. Yeah, I agree. So like, against a good defense, you might want Taylor, but against this defense, uh, Herbert would probably shred it. Yeah. It also doesn't help the Carolina's corners are not really all that good. Um, no. Well, very few positions on the defense are at this point. Yeah. Well, I think the core, I honestly think corner might be the worst right now. Yeah, um, that's probably fair. Or linebacker might be. Yeah, Tahir Whitehead. I think I think it wouldn't be as bad on the linebacker side if Tahir Whitehead didn't have two really fucking stupid mistakes over the last two weeks. <laughs> um, yeah. But at corner, like, Dante Jackson, I don't think he has a, a chance of covering Keenan Allen. I think Keenan Allen will rip him apart if he's trying to cover him. Yeah. Or, or uh, Mike Williams, who is... Mike Williams being big and slow completely negates Dante Jackson's uh, one advantage that he has as corner or his main yeah. advantage as a corner. <clears throat> yeah. Like Dante Jackson would probably be better off trying to cover Keenan Allen, but Keenan Allen mm-hmm. is like arguably one of the best route runners in the NFL. And like, I, <laughs> it's going to be ugly. <laughs> yeah. And then we all, I guess we have Jeremy Chin to try to deal with Hunter Henry. But if, if we try to put T here, Whitehead or Shaq Thompson on him, that's also better. 
Um, for that, yeah. they have Austin Eckler, who might is probably the best wide or best receiving back, the best healthy receiving back in the NFL for sure right now. Yeah, they they'll definitely. I imagine after the first two weeks, it's pretty much on film at this point that the running back should be a key part of your offense, whether you're throwing it to him or or running mm. it with him. Like, so I, I fully expect Eckler to be heavily involved, probably even his backup. Um, Josh Kelly. Yeah, Josh Kelly. Um, I don't even I don't think Joshua Jackson's or Justin Jackson's healthy yet. Um, I don't know if it really matters at this point. I think no, Josh really Kelly's kind of <laughs> is kinda yeah. taking hold of that job. But yeah, I, I think between with the Chargers having, you know, tight end both threats at tight end and at running back as pass catchers, I don't really know. And we have exactly one player who's capable of covering those positions in the, in Jeremy Chin, and he's still very inexperienced. So I don't even know if I'm ready to call him capable at covering those positions yet. Um, so not trying to cover is going to be poorly covered by Shaq Thompson or Tahir Whitehead. And the other thing we haven't talked about yet is the Trey Turner revenge game. Baby. Oh yeah, I have no idea how he's been doing. It's kind of hard to keep track, keep up with offensive linemen when they go to other teams. Yeah, I don't know what he's been doing either. But um, I will say, I'm kind of like the one thing that I'm really excited about for this game is I want to see Derek Brown go toe to toe with Trey Turner because Trey Turner, when he's when he's healthy and he's uh, playing well, he's nasty. Mm-hmm. Like, so I really want to see those two. Cause I know we all know as even though Derek Brown had really two really stupid penalties this past weekend, I don't think it was as much about um, Derek Brown being like a, like a dirty player as much as he's just high effort in his second game of the year. Yeah. In, yeah, yeah. Game of his career at that. And he's just, he's just an aggressive dude. So like, I'm really excited to see those two freaking go at it. Should be a, yeah. I mean, Matt Rule even called Derek Brown's. He's like, I can't be too mad about penalties because they were effort penalties. And it, you can't really be too hard, especially on a young player, for penalties where he was just going hard and got called for a penalty. Yeah, Eric pointed out. Shout out to Eric Summers, one of our writers. Um, he pointed out in his Hog Molly, not even Hog Molly review now, it's what's that bear doing? What that bear's what, doing. What, that's, what that bear's doing. Yeah, there we go. Um, <laughs> but he mentioned that Derek Brown, he was like, yeah, as far as the penalty goes with the unnecessary roughness when he hit the guy who was laying on the ground, yeah, like, you know, in theory, that's a bad play because he hit a guy who was on the ground who was basically defenseless. But he's also a 350-pound man who's going full speed. So, you know. It takes a lot, of, a lot of breaks to, to stop that. Yeah. Especially for a guy who's just trying to be as disruptive as possible on what's really not a great defense. So, I can see yeah. that stuff happening. I'm, I'm, I can forgive him for it. It's fine. Yeah, and then you know he's, it's the second game, so it's too early for us to start like disliking him. Yeah. Wait is is Turner is Turner even playing? Uh, he doesn't. Sh- he shows us as our starter, and I don't see any reason why he would be. I don't see him being listed as questionable or anything. Trey Turner knee limited full full. Okay, so he did play. He he missed week one. Oh, but he played last shocker. week. Shocker! Shocker! <laughs> <laughs> Trey Turner out with a knee injury. Who would have thought? Yeah, but I guess he was back. Um, so yeah, I, I will. I'll, that's that's probably something. I, Brian Burns and Derek Brown are kind of who I pay most of my attention to when we're on defense. And Brian Burns deserves to have a, stat, a sack at this point. I feel like I thought he played really well um, against Tampa Bay. Hopefully, without. The problem with the Panthers' pass rush, besides not being good, is that 
play the probably top, I don't know, four or five quarterbacks in the league that lead the league and just panicking and throwing the ball before they can get hit. Yeah. So not that as an excuse to like, oh, the pass rush is fine, but it's still bad. But, you know, Tom Brady, Tom Brady did that several times, including on the interception that he overthrew Gronkowski where he was just about to get hit and he just chucked it wherever he happened to be looking at that moment. Yeah, I counted two different times where Brian Burns caused a negative play by rushing the passer. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the stuff you have to watch out for when you're playing quarterbacks like that, which thankfully this week, whether it's Taylor or Herbert, we're probably not going to see as much of that pocket presence as we've seen with uh, with Brady yeah. and even Derek Carr. Um, but the, pr- the problem's going to lie in how they cover his checkdowns because that's that's been the biggest issue is when they're trying to get the defense off the field, the checkdowns seem to always be there to give the quarterback a safe option to throw to. So to hear Whitehead and Shaq Thompson really need to step their game up. I've been very disappointed in Shaq Thompson. Like, yeah, I know it's, it's hard. It's I know it's hard because like he's only he's he's got Brian Burns, who he's familiar with, but. Like to hear Whitehead's new, and I don't even know if he's that good, to be honest. Um, he's no. not. The defensive line as a whole is not all that great, aside from Derek Brown and and Brian Burns. the The corners aren't that great. They've he's got three safeties who are all over the top. But one of them's a rookie who is kind of all over the place and still learning his role. One of them is Trey Boston, who he didn't have a great game on Sunday. I'll just say that. Um, <laughs> and Justin Burris, who I'm not even sure is considered an average safety in the NFL. So I, I feel bad for him because I know he's, he's definitely stuck in, on kind of an Island at times where like he got, he had the luxury of playing alongside Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley for his first several years of his career. But man, he has not looked good, especially in pass coverage. Yeah. He's never really been good at pass coverage, which is disappointing for a player who's kind of his main self. Point, the linebacker safety hybrid super athletic and it's like what's well, not really helpful if you can't cover anybody but right um I, th- I thought i mean i think a lot of us were kind of had a kind of uh lukewarm reaction to the amount of money he got paid because re- he was getting paid like a really good linebacker and we're like eh, he's not that good and without luke keekly alongside him i think he's kind of getting exposed a little bit yeah yeah it's sad it's okay though <laughs> It's okay though. I mean, they've got. We're seeing, at the very least, we're seeing some positives from guys like Derek Brown and Jeremy Chin, who are the future of the defense. So you know, and Brian Dante, Burns, yeah. J- Dante Jackson and and Brian Burns, yeah, and Dante Jackson. As Brad and I said on the BNB reaction show, he's a very good number two corner in our opinion, but mm-hmm. they're still going to need a number one corner, and that that guy is not Rasul Douglas. I don't care what anybody says. No, oh, Rasul wait, Douglas wait, wait. is the number three corner. Yeah. You say something on the post game show about drafting a cornerback in the first round. That was Brian. Oh, yeah. I said that I felt like if, and granted, this this the caveat here is if they're not picking in like the top five where they can get a good quarterback. I think that a cornerback should be at the top of their list as far as what they should go for in the draft. Okay, as long as that's after quarterback. Yeah, if if, yeah, if it, it doesn't matter to where draft. we're picking in the first round, we have to take a quarterback first. Yeah, I it, I think the the priority list should be like quarterback, cornerback, offensive tackle, with cornerback and offensive tackle being like two A and two B. Yeah, like whatever. Yeah, the best player available at that position, assuming you know other BPA stuff we're not gonna talk about. But yeah, I was, I saw that and I was like, because I didn't I didn't he- I I didn't hear the whole show and I didn't hear you say that on the show, and I saw somebody comment that and I was like, wait a minute, did Brian say we need a cornerback? 
Yeah, so I, I didn't to, mean to I didn't that. mean over a quarterback, obviously. Um, okay. I just think like if they're sitting there at like eight or nine and like one of the top three, like unless there's a quarterback who ends up being like, you know, a high riser. Like right now, it just seems like the conversation is Lawrence and Fields. So in mm-hmm. my mind, if they somehow end up not t- picking the top five, I think corner should be on the list of things that they should look at there. They could pick Trey Lance. Or that guy. I don't know who he is, but sure. North Dakota State. <laughs> no, I'll definitely he... not then. <laughs> He's going to play one game this year. Yeah. To against... show off his skills. North Dakota State's going to play one game. Is that uh, that's real? That's a real thing. Yeah, that's real. That's, that's, real. Real. that's very real. That they play real. <laughs> one game. Wow. It's actually uh, a week from this coming Saturday. It's October third. They play Central Arkansas, and yeah. that is the extent of the that is their full football schedule. And they're they're probably going to throw it like eighty five times. <laughs> he's he's going to throw for six hundred and fifty yards. It's basically watch him play football. Like the rest of the team doesn't even count. Yeah. Yeah, they have They're nothing to lose. To get I guess the I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's that's all that is. That was nice of him. <laughs> nice of the nice nice of the uh, the other school as well to put their health and safety on the line for just to get torn apart by North Dakota State, but that's fine. Good for hey, them. Sc- schools will do anything for money. Did you see the Citadel get blasted Walt? by Clemson? Yeah, the, it's, it's like, like a running to nothing at halftime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, uh, that. Like uh, Western Carolina has played Alabama a couple times. Um, UC Charlotte played Clemson a couple years ago or for two years. Got beat like seventy to fourteen. <laughs> I always love those games. It's like <laughs> clearly overmatched. Like, why are you even going? I mean, granted, we always have those like. Well, not always, but there's there's always the chance of that random school to just beat a team they should they absolutely shouldn't or keep it close. But you know, for the most <laughs> I, part, it's a bloodbath. I've never seen before. Um, the final score for that Clemson Citadel game was forty nine to nothing. Clemson uh-huh. literally stopped trying to score at the end of the first half. So yeah, it's for wow. I have the box score up right now. It was forty nine to nothing with five and a half minutes left in the second quarter. And they Jesus just they, they, <laughs> yeah, they basically put um put all their like third and fourth string in and just finished the game. Wow, I, I, that's this, incredible. Before we're getting a little far off track and we need to wrap up the show, but the last thing I'll say is uh, Trevor Lawrence's stat line was eight for nine yards and three touchdowns. Can you repeat that? Eight for nine. Trevor Lawrence's stat line was eight for nine for 168 yards and three touchdowns. Wow. That's pretty <laughs> incredible. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't I don't know like what you do. Like as a Clemson fan, do you even watch the game. Like you probably turn it off after like the second quarter, right? Yeah, probably. definitely. Dabo Sweeney offered Citadel's head coach <laughs> to either quit or run, have a running clock or um, like shorten the game. And the Citadel's coach was like, no, we came here to play football. We're going to play. <laughs> and he, they legitimately turned it down. Like, why are you turning it down? They're showing you mercy. Citadel but- had eight first downs. <laughs> God, <Yeah. laughs> that's insane. They also left with like $500,000 in the bank because that's yeah. how much Clemson played, paid them to play. So, 
They paid them $500,000 and then offered them to reduce the game time. That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, well, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, why don't we uh, start the wrap-up of the show by giving our scoring predictions. Um, me, John, go ahead. Uh, Chargers, 19. Panthers, 10. Panthers, 14. All right. Brad? I think it largely depends on who's quarterback for the Chargers, but I'm just going to take a average between the two scenarios, and I'm going to say Chargers 20, Panthers 7. I think it'll be Chargers 33, Panthers 24. Because they're going to they're gonna get on offense after the Chargers, you know, take the lead that they, they probably will. So... They're going to get some garbage time points, and they'll probably find a way to, to get close and have the game taken away from them towards the end. Like, Yeah, you know, that seems as to per, be our MO. Yeah, <laughs> as per usual. So, Play good enough, to, but not good enough to actually win. Just good enough to look good. I am excited to see what exactly they do to, de- to nullify the loss of Christian McCaffrey because I'm pretty sure they'll deploy like a committee backfield where – Mike Davis runs it up the middle, and Reggie Bonifon does like all the Christian McCaffrey things on the outside and stuff like Mike, that. So that's yeah, Davis. they'll just telegraph it. Mike Davis, Mike Davis. is a good receiver, though. <laughs> yeah, he is. But I, I do think Reggie Bonifon probably gets a significant amount of snaps. Yeah, he's my he's my guy for my Saquon Barkley league. I'm gonna I submitted like three waiver claims, but even though I'm in like I'm like ninth over twelve people, so I'm probably not gonna get anybody. So if I don't get anyone, I'm gonna go pick up Reggie Bonifon, just stash him on the de- on the bench. So I'm sure, everybody who's listening to the show is wondering how you're handling this from a fantasy yeah. perspective. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm so yeah, glad it's, we were able to provide that news. I uh, yep, Saquon Barkley <laughs> being out sucks, guys. Just so you know. Yeah, it's really bad. Well, anyway, do we have that's the any... show, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah, the show. I believe so. I believe so. We always have to end it on a note about me. So, yeah. from all of us here at the Seek Keep Sounding podcast, this is John and Brad and Brian. Please join us for Sunday's game. All the coverage will be on CSR, on Twitter, on Facebook. We'll have our regular BNB reaction show. I'm not sure when exactly it'll publish because the Panthers play at four on Sunday, but check that out either Sunday night or Monday. And we will have another show for you sometime next week for the keep sounding podcast. So enjoy the game. Hopefully the Panthers keep it entertaining like they have, and we'll talk to you soon. See you later.